Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It is Monday, November 6th, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline Senior Vice President of Operations. Good to be with you guys again this morning, and we're going to continue our study in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, wrapping that up today, looking at the very last six verses as we round out chapter 3 together this morning. This passage is really talking about wisdom um, and the... Um, the reasons we should not put our hope in earthly wisdom and how we should direct our devotion um, and understanding um, to heaven and understanding of who Christ is and who we are in Christ. And I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in what is right in front of us and what we feel is most important here on earth when it comes to worldly wisdom. And Paul is reminding the church of Corinth in this passage that it's not about earthly wisdom. It is not about accolades and approvals here on earth. It is about understanding who you are in Jesus. And if we can truly find our identity in him and understand that all things are ours because we are Christ, it really does change the way that we view the world around us. And this is what Paul is telling the, the church of Corinth in this passage. So let's just jump in and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 18 through 23 today. It says, do not deceive yourselves if any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age. You should become fools so that you may become wise. Now that verse alone, a little a little confusing, right? We're going to jump into that in a few moments. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are Christ and Christ is of God. So in those verses, you can see how he, how he circles back um, to how we often deceive ourselves in finding approval and finding wisdom from earthly standards. You know, we've been looking at chapter three, really from chapter one through chapter three, about how the church had found a vision because they were following specific teachers of the law. It was Apollos, it was Paul, it was Peter, and the church had found a vision because they were they were um, placing their devotion in one of the teachers of the word of God. And their wisdom and their hope was being um, encompassed in what they thought was most important. And the words coming out of, of cre creation instead of from the creator. So he's saying, don't deceive yourselves. If you think that you're wise, you need to become fools. Don't, don't get caught up and confused in what the world says is important. Look at it through a biblical lens. 
Because if you are truly a new creation in God, then you have everything you need. All things are yours is what he says in verse 21. Paul does a great job um, of really diving deeper into this. It's, it's about six years later after he has written this letter to the church of Corinth. So he, he talks about this as far as earthly wisdom in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Six years later, he's writing another letter to the Philippians, and he dives deeper into con- comparing and contrasting earthly wisdom and then then your identity in uh, in Christ. And he gives his testimony, in a sense, in Philippians chapter three of who he was and then who he became. And this is what it says in Philippians chapter three, verses four through 11. I myself have no reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has a reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. So he's setting the stage here to say, if you think that you're wise, come look at my resume. I have so much, um, so much power to be able to um, debate you or to display my knowledge. He is just laying it out and saying, I have earthly wisdom. And listen to how he defends this. Circumcised on the eighth day of the, I'm of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So he lays out in those two verses, just saying, it's almost like you don't know who you're messing with. Like I have everything from earthly standards, but look at the transition in verse seven, but whatever gain I had, so whatever wisdom I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord for his sake. I suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So he talks about how he was wise from earthly standards, but how when he came to know the Lord in verse seven, he says, I counted all of that as loss because my worth is now found in Jesus Christ. He says, I suffered loss. I even count them as garbage because I have Christ. I now have all things in Jesus Christ. It is not from what people on earth may tell me. It is not um, my identity. It is not my education. It is not the friends that I'm around or maybe the wisdom and just the book smarts that the Lord has given me. I'm counting all of that as loss because I now have Jesus Christ. So he is again telling the church of Corinth the same thing. Six years earlier, he's sharing the same message. And I think he just goes, 
you know, times a hundred. And when he, when he finally writes to the Philippians, um, of all of the detail and the passion that you hear coming from Paul in, in Philippians, in first Corinthians, he's, he's saying the same thing. It's not finding your hope in another man. It's not Apollos or Cephas or even myself as Paul. You have everything you need in Jesus Christ. So stop searching and finding your identity, but find your identity rather in Jesus Christ. He even he even elaborates a little bit on this, and it's more from the context of the goodness of God um, and the love of God and understanding that it doesn't matter what happens around us, that we have hope and identity and peace through Jesus Christ. And Paul writes about this again in Romans chapter eight um, in a, a passage of scripture that many of us have probably read. Um, some of some of us have probably taught as well. But in Romans chapter eight, he dives deep into talking about the fullness and the goodness of God's love and how all encompassing that love is. And he says this in Romans eight thirty five: who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. And he goes down in verse 39 and says this, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So nothing can separate us from the love of God. And Paul is reminding the Romans of this in this passage. We have everything we need. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, if you go back to our text that we just originally started reading and what today's study is about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this is what he says. So then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. And it's so similar in these passages. And this is what I love about Paul's writing is that he emphasizes this in different ways and writes it to different audiences. But the theme is central from Corinthians to Philippians to, to Romans. All of them are consistent in that our identity and our hope is in Jesus Christ that that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is through his redemption and reconciliation that we have hope. Guys, our identity is in him. All things are ours. We have everything we need in Jesus Christ. It's all ours because we belong to Jesus and Jesus is God's. We have everything. So there's no reason that we have to divide our loyalty and and, and choose a earthly leader to say, I'm in, I am in in the team Apollos, or I am in team Paul or team Peter. It's like, we are, we are, we are gods. We are, we are his. So find your acceptance, find your peace. Just pause, take a deep breath and understand that you are Christ. Your acceptance is in him. Your identity is in him. And just rest in that understanding that you're you are free 
There's no need for us to find acceptance and approval, applause, acclaim from anybody or anything. It is through Jesus that we find that hope. So let us pray that that our that we can be reminded of that, because I'll, I, I I can attest that it is so easy for us to get wrapped up in what other people think of us or how they view us that we let that impact um, so often our obedience to Christ and what God has called us to do. Because we're fe- what are people going to say? What are people going to think? You know, are we, what are, are people going to, are even in the context of, of, of church, you know, I was so encouraged um, even this week um, from, from our worship service of just um, the intentionality and prayer. And in the middle of service, um, uh, a lady walked, walked over into the, um, the row right in front of me and just wrapped her arms around another lady. And they just began to pour out their hearts to Jesus um, in the middle of a worship service and just began to pray that I don't know what, I don't know what they were seeking the Lord on, but it was just the obedience and the prompting of the Holy spirit to say, you know, um, the Lord has spoken to me and I'm going to be obedient regardless of, of what time it is or whether, um, what people may say or whether what the, what the pastor is preaching, the Lord has called me to do this and I'm going to be obedient and pray with, um, with this other friend um, within the worship service. So it's just finding your hope, your identity, your acceptance in who, who Jesus is and being obedient to him in all things. Um, I found uh, just a beautiful, beautiful prayer that is written. And this prayer was written as just a reminder of um, the goodness of God and that we find our identity in him and that all of um, the attributes of him, we could continue to say and thank him and praise him till the end of time. But if we can dwell on his goodness and dwell on, on our identity in him, we will remember that we have all things and that all things are ours because we are his. We have all things because we are his. So listen to the words. We have been made new and we are new creations because we have you. We have strength in your weakness. We have peace that passes all understanding. We have joy that supersedes all circumstances. And we have a life that will last forever. We have comfort in the middle of our sorrows and we have hope in the middle of our suffering. We can't even imagine these things. They are more than we can fathom and they are ours. You've given them freely to us. We have knowledge of you and we have an understanding of you. We have communion with you and we have life with you. You are with us. You are for us and we have confidence and we have courage in you. And all these things flow from you, God. We can keep going on and on and on from here. And we praise you for your generosity toward us. So help us to live in it 
Help us to realize it, that all things are ours and we are Christ and Christ is God's. All things are ours because all things are yours. What a powerful reflection on the goodness of God, of his faithfulness to us um, and his um, his power. So let's be reminded of that this week, that as Paul has reminded the Philippians, as he has reminded the Romans, as he has reminded the church of Corinth, that our hope is in Jesus Christ. All things are ours because we are his. And let's find our rest in that this week as we serve. We're going to close at our time today praying for Heritage Builders and what the Lord is doing through that program. We've seen so much um, gospel intentionality through this aspect of Lifeline's ministry. So let's just pray um, for these these youth in foster care um, and just pray for the church as they try to partner with them well. Um, and let's pray for our new church partnerships um, as, as they step into this um, arena of ministry and that they will, um, again, remember who Jesus is and that the hope for these children is just to share the gospel for them to have a deeper understanding of God's goodness. So let's close at our time today praying for Heritage Builders. God, we are thankful for um, for Lifeline and how you have used this ministry uh, to impact so many. God, we pray um, specifically today um, for Heritage Builders, and we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for how you have used this to reach youth living in foster care and using the local church to care so well for them. Um, we pray that we are able to impact more youth across the nation through expanding this program into new states. We pray that through these mentorships and relationships that are being developed, um, that we see these one-on-one -on -one relationships grow deeper. Lord, that we see advocacy grow for these youth and that ultimately as they do grow, as they do age out, that they have a support system through the local church and a clear understanding of who you are as Lord and Savior. God, we pray for these new um, churches that have just been trained and licensed to partner with us. God, give them favor and understanding as they are working with their local and county offices. Lord, we know that sometimes um, it's difficult to build relationships with local um, CPS but God, we just pray for clarity and communication um, as we build relationships with them. And God, we just pray for opportunities to partner um, our local offices with congregations of churches and believers in those communities. And God, we pray for our team. Um, Lord, may you use the Heritage Builders team. Lord, help them to keep their eyes focused on you where they have an understanding of who you are and Lord, their hope and trust is in you. Lord, help them to be prepared to respond with just uh, words of encouragement to churches who may just be seeking um, guidance, who may um, have questions as they step into this space as it is new. And Lord, may we just 
um, step in sync with them and all um, that they are doing. And Lord, may we follow your, your lead as you expand this program. God, and most importantly, we pray that we see children um, come to know you and Lord, with a deeper understanding and acceptance of you as their Lord and Savior and Lord, have an eternal impact on their lives. Lord, we thank you. We love you. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.